Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Bear thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall shout forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 142 and 146, beginning on page 518. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, yea, even unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaints before him and showed him of my trouble. When my spirit was in heaviness, thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, they have, have they privily laid a snare for me. I looked also upon my right hand and saw there was no man that would know me. I had no place to flee unto, and no man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord, and said, Thou art my hope and my portion in the land of the living. Consider my complaint, for I am brought very low. O deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may give thanks unto thy name, which thing, if thou wilt grant me, then shall the righteous resort unto my company. Psalm 146. Praise thee, Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. Yea, as long as I have any being, I will sing praises unto my God. O put not your trust in princes, nor in any child of man, for there is no help in them. For when the breath of man goeth forth, he shall turn again to his earth, and then all his thoughts perish. Blessed is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, and whose hope is in the Lord his God. Who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is, who keepeth his promise forever. 
who helpeth them to right that suffer wrong, who feedeth the hungry. The Lord looseth men out of prison. The Lord giveth sight to the blind. The Lord helpeth them that are fallen. The Lord careth for the righteous. The Lord careth for the strangers. He defendeth the fatherless and widow. As for the way of the ungodly, he turneth it upside down. The Lord thy God, O Zion, shall be king forevermore and throughout all generations. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the fifth chapter of the book of Amos. Hear this word which I take up against you, a lamentation, O house of Israel. The virgin of Israel has fallen, she will rise no more. She lies forsaken on her land. There is no one to raise her up. For thus says the Lord God, The city that goes out by a thousand shall have a hundred left, and that which goes out by a hundred shall have ten left to the house of Israel. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, Seek me and live, but do not seek Bethel, nor enter Gilgal, nor pass over to Beersheba, for Gilgal surely shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it. With no one to quench it in Bethel, you who turn justice to wormwood and lay righteousness to rest in the earth. He made the Pleiades and Orion he turns the shadow of death into morning and makes the day dark as night. He calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. He rains ruin upon the strong so that fury comes upon the fortress. They hate the one who rebukes in the gate and they abhor the one who speaks uprightly. Therefore, because you tread down the poor and take grain taxes from him, though you have built houses of hewn stone, yet you shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink wine from them. For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins, afflicting the just and taking bribes, diverting the poor from justice at the gate, Therefore the prudent keep silent at that time, for it is an evil time. Seek good and not evil, that you may live. So the Lord God of hosts will be with you, as you have spoken. Hate evil, love good, establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Therefore the Lord God of hosts, the Lord says this, there shall be wailing in all streets, and they shall say in all the highways, Alas, alas, they shall call the farmer to mourning and skillful lamenters to wailing. In all vineyards there shall be wailing, for I will pass through you, says the Lord. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord, for what good is the day of the Lord to you? It will be darkness and not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion 
and a bear met him. Or, as though he went into the house, leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light? Is it not very dark, with no brightness in it? I hate, I despise your feast days, and I do not savor your sacred assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them, nor will I regard your fattened peace offerings. Take away from me the noise of your songs, for I will not hear the melody of your stringed instruments. But let justice run down like water, and righteousness like a mighty stream. Did you offer me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness forty years, O house of Israel? You also carried Sukkoth, your king, and Chian, your idols, the star of your gods, which you made for yourselves. Therefore I will send you into captivity beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the third chapter of the Epistle to the Galatians. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, 
to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord, we beseech thee favorably to hear the prayers of thy people, that we who are justly punished for our offenses may be mercifully delivered by thy goodness for the glory of thy name. Through Jesus Christ our Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, all. We, sort of the, the connecting thread of our lessons this evening is the motif of, of sojourning of being someone who is displaced, um, either heading from somewhere or going to somewhere. And this really begins to establish one of the key themes of the Lenten season that we're going to uh, unpack. Um, we begin in Psalm 142, um, which is typically uh, characterized in the collection of the Psalms as a Psalm of David, a brief and urgent Psalm of David. Uh, sometimes it, sometimes the, the editorial note on it is that it's it's offered while he is in uh, sort of on the run from Saul and hiding in the cave uh, from Saul who's trying to kill him. Um, this paints the picture from uh, the book of you know from the book of First Samuel uh, of David's plight as Saul is trying to murder him, and he is finding that his allies have run suddenly you know pretty thin. Um, there's a there's a kind of recurring motif that Robert Alter points out in the in Psalm 142 
that in the Psalter, you often will have the psalmist saying, ah, on my right hand, there is a, you know, there's ready aid that the Lord has provided. But in this psalm, there's a kind of disruption to that pattern where the psalmist kind of says like, well, I, I looked on my right hand, there's no one to help me. There's, I've, I've been left utterly alone. And it's this sort of posture of being in the wilderness, of being in exile and displaced that um, postures the psalmist in, in need of, of reaching out with expectation that only God can deliver him. And that's met on the other in the other psalm this evening from Psalm 146 in a hymn of praise reflecting upon how God has indeed delivered the sojourner, has delivered the exile um, in the midst of their very profound need. And so those those two bookends really uh, set us up um, that and really kind of establish what we're, we're seeing in these in these these other lessons tonight. We have um, in the first sense, Amos and Amos five, um, we have a long chapter that's divided into roughly two um, sort of prophetic funeral dirges. Um, the genre that we get there, the kind of writing there are these sort of laments, these poems uh, that are that are typically like sort of rhythmic and musical kind of lyrical uh, processional hymns um, while people process in a funeral procession and the, the, the funeral procession is being sung over uh, the northern kingdom of Israel, um, who is who is at this point been declared dead, even while it still technically exists. Um, and the reason for that is that even though it maintains a kind of uh, sort of national identity as a kingdom, um, the thing that upholds its integrity has has been sort of uh, has vanished. Um, you know, since the time of the Exodus, as Amos points out, uh, the the integrity of Israel has always been the uh, the sort of singleness of heart, the undivided heart with which it worshiped their God and maintained faithfulness to the covenant. And without those things, there is no integrity of the of the people to speak of. So while they may dwell in a land, they are they don't draw, they don't they don't live in that land. Their life is not secure in that land. They are even though they are in place, they are as though they are dead. They even though they are a kingdom, they are as though they've already been scattered. And so the call there is not really to try and preserve the kingdom because the kingdom is dead, um, but the people involved still very much have uh, the, a very meaningful choice on that hand, that even though there is this sort of general death sentence that's been pronounced over the northern kingdom, nevertheless, everyone is called to repent and to return in faithfulness to God in the covenant, um, that they might be you know, sort of counted among a faithful remnant um, that even though uh, the, the way things were is being done away, um, you know, uh, that which is essential to the people of God, this, uh, this, this special, unique relationship that he has forged with them through the covenant uh, will be preserved in, in the hearts and in the, in the, and in the faithfulness of uh, that remnant people that are preserved through their exile, through their sort of forced sojourning uh, in a kingdom that is not their own, through which they will learn uh, to sort of, they will sort of be purified in their worship again. Um, they'll be returned to kind of the status of exiles. And again, it echoes that Davidic theme we saw back in Psalm 142 tonight, uh, where David is on the run. He has been displaced from his, and, and it's here where he really learns faithfulness. Um, we'll recall that once David um, came out of exile and was no longer a sojourner, uh, how quickly even he uh, the great man after the Lord's own heart, um, when he sensed that his sojourning was over, uh, how quickly, uh, you know, you know, one thing led to the other and his own unfaithfulness sort of unfolded 
uh, with a sense of security that he no longer had to live as a sojourner, even though he had been sort of fixed in a place. Um, and so this this kind of creates that sense of, of faithfulness being um, the, the sort of the consistent posture of, of seeking from the Lord's hand as a sojourner, as one who is in place, but not in place, who is in the world, but not of the world, who is um, who is you know diligent, but not, but also has a sense of detachment uh, from the things that that are that are in and around them. Uh, the sojourner knows that they have not yet reached home, and that is always a kind of consistent posture of the mature Christian life. Is that um, however much we might celebrate the good things that we experience um, in life and rightfully give thanks for them, uh, we must never lose our posture of knowing that. Um, that we are, we are not yet home, uh, that, the, that we have not yet entered the kingdom, um, and that we are still in, in our hearts sojourners. Um, and if we will not do that, then circumstances uh, typically come about where we are reminded um, of, of the, the sort of the in the, uh, the mutability, the, the, the changingness of this world. Um, and we're, we're sort of sent as exiles. We, we experience the life of an exile or a fo forced sojourner. So really, in the end, we get the we get to you know either adopt voluntarily the posture of the sojourner who seeks their daily provision from God, or we get it decided for us and we get reminded of it in a different way. And so, what does this have to do with Lent? Of course, uh, Lent is this season where we are called into a kind of deliberate and conscious um, attentiveness to this and practice of the life of a sojourner um, through our practice of detaching from the world's goods. Um, as we practice a life of simplicity during the great fast, um, we are recalled again to the posture of one who who sees through um, the, the the stuff of the world and sees beyond it, um, beyond the needs of daily life to the great need that governs all of life and to the one who is alone able to meet that need. Um, and so uh, that's that, if you want to look at a way of looking at Lent, it's that it's um, to whatever extent we think we've already um, sort of permanently arrived. That's maybe the area uh, where the, the area where we're most comfy uh, in that that's in that sort of um, false understanding. That might be the place where a good Lent begins for us this year. So it's a it's a place to begin that meditation as we approach uh, Ash Wednesday here in a couple weeks. Continuing with our intercession on page five ninety remembering as we do those for whom we are praying this evening. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble.
and do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. O God of peace, who has taught us that in returning and rest we shall be saved, in quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of thy Spirit, lift us, we pray thee, to thy presence, where we may be still and know that thou art God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for being here tonight. And thanks to Rochelle and Chris for co-leading. Have, have a wonderful start to your weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father Hayes. The readers. Have a good night. Have a good night, everybody.